Welcome to All the Gear But No Idea, the South Australian fishing podcast hosted by Rody and Diz. The boys will share their tall tales of the one that got away, as well as some regular segments they know all you fishing tragics will enjoy. G'day and welcome to All The Gear But No Idea, the South Australian Fishing Podcast. Dizzy, welcome aboard. Thanks, Rody. Great to be here, mate. We're up to episode 65, Diz. Yeah, pretty solid achievement. Yeah, we're kicking goals and we have a big guest today, Jack Jacobs, aka Aussie Fisher of uh, YouTube fame. Yes, yeah, we very much look forward to having a chat with him Later on, you know what episode 65 is, Rody? You've sort of, you've knocked up the half ton and you've just settled back in. Yeah, you yeah. haven't got carried away. You've knocked a couple of singles. You might have just tucked away your first boundary after your 50 or you might have tonked one over the fence and you're ready to hit the 100. And you, yeah, you're looking forward to the ton, aren't you? You are. You're starting to, you're starting to silence the crowd a bit because they thought they might have just caught you at a slip of... A slip of concentration after you get the 50, but you're away here. So with that being said, let's get into our regular segment, Rody. obviously, oranges and lemons. Why don't you give the listeners your orange for the fortnight that's been? Diz, I'm going to say, look, the October long weekend is always a big one uh, in everyone's calendar, given there is such a long break between June and uh, October, and... This year is no different. We're going up the river with a few mates, staying at Murray Bridge, probably catch a few carp off the bank, and you're going away, dears, to the shack. Is that right? Yes, that's the go. I'll be getting a bit of FOMO, missing out on the river trip, but I'll be um, glad to be over at the folks' place wedding a lion sometime, no doubt. But uh, the bonus of this year is the bonus public holiday. Oh, yeah. How good was that? Well, it was really good. Um, Sorry, rest in peace, the Queen, but we're happy with (laughs) her public holiday. Yeah. Yeah, I did. We have joked a fair bit about this that um, unfortunately when Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II did pass, the first question most people asked was what's happening to my public holiday (laughs) or are we getting a public holiday out of this? (laughs) But, yes, like you say, rest in peace. So, yeah, public holiday coming up, always a good time. And uh, having a look at Prince Charles's finger, mate, we might get another one before too long. <laughs> He's a swollen <laughs> operator. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're going to have a national day of mourning for Prince Charles. He's not going <laughs> to get a huge run. We might if um, who's the other one after Charles? I think it's William, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, William. He might do a few years. Yeah, he might notch up a few. Anyway, well, uh, we shouldn't go. Let's there, not. <laughs> let's not preempt any deaths. <laughs> Rody, my orange is the boat show is not far around the corner. We always look forward to this one. It's always in the calendar. Tracy Tito running a great show. Good promotional gear by Tito. That's the that's the go, isn't it? Yeah, Diz. And what's the big news this year? We are live on the stage. Yes, Diz. We're doing a live podcast all three days. I have been saying so. I'm just wrapping up my media commitments for the day. Of course, I've been on the news this morning. Long day. Started at 3.45 a.m. It's now 9 p.m. I'm slightly delusional. It's taken quite a few drugs to get rid of this point, but I'm here. We are going to talk about the boat show in the news, but that probably leads into your lemon. Tell us about your morning, mate. Yeah, the lemon was definitely the break-in. So phone call, 3.45 this morning, alarms going off. All of our breakage alarms were going off, so definitely somebody had smashed something. 
got down there and somebody just sledgehammered the front door in and helped themselves to some dispensary stock. So she was an ugly, ugly day and a very long one because I couldn't leave since um, oh, about quarter past four this morning. So I'm just coming up to – what's this? My Is this my uh, – this is my 19th hour of being awake. <laughs> Dizzy's fully lost the plot for anyone even, playing along at home. I don't even know how many hours I've been awake. And that's got nothing to do with the lack of sleep. <laughs> that's just the uh, the attention going to his head after he made it on Channel 7, 9 and 10 News. Know, I'm sick of seeing screenshots <laughs> and if he had any idea about anything, he would have put a podcast cap on. <laughs> I, needed, I, needed some, I needed something on my head because... I've joked with a number of people that I've definitely got a face for podcasting, <laughs> not TV appearances, but all good fun nonetheless. Rody, uh, let's move on from that because this is a fishing show, not a breaking into pharmacy show. What was your lemon? Uh, I'm going to go another flop of a grand final. I think wow. that is three out of the last four years have been big defeats one way or the other. And look, everyone gets up and about. There's still plenty of beers to be drunk, but we would prefer a better game. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, sure, there were some happy people about the Cats winning. They were probably the dominant team for the best part of the year, but I would have liked to see a better better, better game for the last game of the year. Certainly, Diz. That's, uh, that's the lemon. So let's keep moving. Let's get into the merch, Diz. Yeah, so, I mean, we've talked about this time and time again. Um, I guess probably what we might do this episode is just throw out a bit of a sort of call for action from our listeners, I suppose, about what they'd want to see in the merch range. Yeah, we're happy you know, to Do you want to see a sweatband? <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, we, we can do these things. If we do you want to see a keep cup? If we had a lot of listeners that wear our filleting gloves like Dizzy, we could maybe get a range <laughs> of them. Do you, you might want to see something random like an iPod charger. <laughs> I don't know what you might want, but I'm just – Putting it right out there to see whether there's anybody that's got some random idea that might stick in the merch department because clearly the hats, the beanies, the hoodies, the, the stubby holders, the crew necks have done well. But um, we're always looking to push the envelope here on all the gear but no idea, Rody. So, um, yeah, for this week's merch segment, we might just throw it out there. All right, guys, that was uh, short and sharp and dizzy. That went on, on a bit of a tangent, but we'll keep moving. You've been burying your head in the books once again, Rody, and we mentioned this in the Oranges, but tell the listeners all about the up-and-coming Club Marine South Australian Boat and Fishing Show, which is not far around the corner. Yes, it is. So it's another one of these two-in-one shows. So it's the Boat and Fishing Show combined with the Adelaide Four-Wheel Drive and Adventure Show held October 21 to 23, Friday to Sunday at the Showgrounds. And as we spoke before, all the gear, but no idea. We'll be getting on the stage, getting a few big guests live. Yeah, absolutely. We won't um, won't give anything too much away just yet, but uh, in the in the sort of days and weeks to come, we'll be announcing who's going to be up on the stage with us. And of course, the best way to really view all of that is obviously to get yourself down there, pre-purchase tickets. Uh, sure yeah, I you think can. you can get them online these days. It is it's a pretty high tech event, and uh, yeah, big shout out to Tracy Tito, who's uh, 
I suppose the face of the fishing section, she's getting it all together and I know she's got some big names lined up. I think Flacky's going to do a bit of a rigging tuna lures segment. There's a few others that sound pretty good. But uh, we are going to get Tracy on the next podcast, I think it is, and uh, have a bit of a preview. Yep, sounds good, mate. And always a big weekend for Let's Go Fishing Boys. Yeah, they'll be there, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Rody, what else we've got in the news this week, mate? All right, Diz, the next one is an independent report from the state government which says that the South Australia's aquaculture industry is worth $200 million across the 2020 and 2021 financial year, Diz. Mm. So that is interesting. Uh, It mentions this report that the tuna was the single largest sector which accounts to close which accounts for close to half of South Australia's aquaculture production value at $91 million. Dizzy, do you have the numbers in front of you? Uh, no. No, oh, no, 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 that's good. I'm going to make you guess. What was number two? Prawns. Oysters. 22%, 43 mil. Next one? Prawns. Marine fin fish, 17% or 33.56 million. And fourth and final in this list... <laughs> Crayfish. Abalone. <laughs> no way. 9%. How did prawns not make the list? 9% or $18.47 million dollars for abalone diz. Mm, wow, eh? Anyway, it also talks about uh, an increase in particular with the South Australian oysters uh, following hatcheries recovering from the shortage caused from the 2016-17 Tasmania Pacific Oyster Mortality Syndrome outbreak. So that... Uh, sector has increased, as has the abalone sector, Diz. Yeah, unbelievable. We're still a bit shocked prawns didn't make the list. Uh, a little bit, but uh, anyway, if we want to play any more guessing games, I'd do a bit more research next time. It also says here, one more thing, direct employment in the aquaculture industry is estimated to be around 1,224 full-time employees with 15, 38 flow-on jobs, with around 67% of these jobs in regional SA. Do you think it's interesting that um, Vibrio didn't take a bit more of a hit? Certainly didn't get a mention in this uh, this report on Persa Diz. Uh, and the other thing that we'll quickly mention is that it's forecast to grow by 36% to $272 million by the 2023-2024 season as the industry continues its recovery from COVID. How good is that? How good is that? So, yeah, basically what that article tells us is your little Vibrio carry-on was just carry-on. It might might have been clearly short-lived and not as devastating as it was to my um, toilet sort of habits for about a week. You were not good. All right, Diz, all you've wanted to talk about tonight is prawns. Here's your chance, Diz. Who's protecting the South Australian prawns, Brody? So this is another bit of Persa news, Diz, and they have put a precautionary ban in on the import of crustaceans including bait, worms and burley from New South Wales and the Northern Territory, Diz. And this is this follows some uh, recent detection from routine testing of those sort of baits of white spot disease in black tiger prawns within a biosecurity facility at a prawn farm on the New South Wales north coast. Goodness me. And why do they include Northern Territory, Diz? Oh, I don't know, mate. New ta- New Northern Territory is included in the new restrictions as a precautionary measure as the brood stock from both New South Wales and Northern Territory is both located at the same facility. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? 
would have thought the waters in Northern Territory would be slightly different to the New South Wales. Well, look, the prawn broodstock's the same, mate. I'll tell you that right now. And that follows on... So these restrictions are in addition to uh, previous import restrictions that have been in place since 2016 uh, when there was a number of examples of the disease being detected in... Uh, prawn farms in the Logan River and Moreton Bay areas of southeast Queensland. So that bay, uh, that ban continues. Well, there you go. Very interesting, but I certainly don't like the old white spot disease. Look, Diz, I don't know much about it, but I don't think the prawn industry is that keen on it getting over it. No, they hate it. They hate it. Right, already. Well, uh, the next news article we have coming out of this week's episode is. Um, well, basically, it's an evaluation of smartphone application to collect recreational fish catch estimates, including an assessment against an independent probability-based survey using South Australia as a case study. Yeah, Diz, this is... Do you want uh, to just repeat that back to me? No, nah, there was a lot Chief? of words there. But basically, they're, they're testing how, how accurate it can be. Is that correct? Yeah, it seems to be that they've been giving some f- given some funding to establish um, how accurate and how useful this type of thing might be for the South Australian recreational fishing community and whether that could be expanded upon in other states and territories. Yeah, and this is, uh, it says a million dollars here, Diz, is the budget from the University of Adelaide as the organisation? I think it was University of South Australia, but... um, Oh, no, 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 oh, no my you're mistake. wrong. My mistake. <laughs> Edit that out. And <laughs> um, But... Um, it is interesting because I would have thought to build a really good app that it would cost a bit of dough. Yeah, a million dollars seems probably cheap in the scheme of things. Like I, I think you'd find that a million bucks in that type of project, particularly for some big wigs at Uni of Adelaide, probably wouldn't go a long way. And all, yeah, exactly right. And the only other thing I'd say, I think you see these numbers trickle through on the Facebook every now and then. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's been a bit of chatter about it recently, mainly because I think some people are sceptical that it is accurate data because you've probably got a huge amount of people who have been fishing for years never recording information on smartphones, apps, these sorts of things. And I know the, the numbers that I've seen of how many whiting or how many of whatever particular species have been put into the app seem very, very, very low. So I would say there's only a very small proportion of people using the app at the moment. It's obviously not mandatory. It's mm. just an option. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting what happens with that data and how accurate it is. But it's mandatory reporting of snapper catches. Yes. Now, I know you don't have to do that via the app. You can phone up. But yep. you'd think if you were going out snapper fishing – to save the hassle of phoning someone, you'd navigate your way around the app. Yeah, I think. And you if would. they said, let's hypothetical now, if they said that that was in place moving forward, mandatory reporting of catching of snapper in South Australia, you'd have a huge uptick in usage. Yeah, you would. You would. And if that became something that was commonly done to target certain things or gather information on certain things, I mean, imagine if they said we're going to target how much money recreational fishing people spend on a weekend away on average. Yeah. They could get some good data out of it. They certainly could. And that comes, it does obviously comes back to that report, using. hopefully, that we talked about, I think, last episode that, uh, that Recfish hinted at. Yeah. 
So anyway, we'll yeah. see what happens in the future with that. Yeah. Anyway, watch this space. Rody, there's a Saudi event coming up in Renmark. There is, Diz, the 27th of October, 7pm till 9.30pm at the Hotel Renmark. It's called Fish and Flows. And it's all about finding out how our native fish population is doing in the lower Murray-Darling Basin. So it's a bit of an update on things. Uh, and that's run by the Commonwealth Environmental Water Office and the Saudi. Very good. So that will be interesting, Diz. So if you're I, in Renmark, get down there for I a- saw this and thought, ah, oh, it sounds quite interesting. Might go along. Mm. Renmark's probably out of my travel zone Yeah, on a Thursday enough. night. Probably a fair way to go for a Thursday night. Yeah, Diz, it is. All right, let's keep moving, Diz. We are going to get our guest on the line. His name's Jack Jacobs. He's otherwise known as Aussie Fisher on YouTube. As we will discuss, he is the partner of Chaz Charity Selleck, who we had on episode 56. So as a bit of a battle, we're going to see who gets the most downloads and the most love on their particular episode. Very lucky to be joined today, Rody, by uh, Jack Jacobs, the man behind Aussie Fisher YouTube channel, an absolute gun on the uh, on the fishing side of things. Absolutely smashes the West Coast, Rody. Glad to have him on, Jack. Thanks for coming on. No worries, guys. Cheers for having me. Pleasure to be on. Yes, Jack. We're uh, looking forward to getting into all things you've been up to and a bit of a uh, bit of a rivalry you've got going within the uh, within the relationship. But we'll touch on that in a minute, Jack. So we're going to start with our five questions, and we want you to tell us about your best fish. Yep. No worries. Um, yeah, I've caught a few good fish that I've been pretty stoked about, but um, probably the one that takes the cakes. Uh, pretty recent catch uh, earlier this year. Um, finally got a big mulloway, which is a fish chasing for many many years and um made a bit of a series on my youtube channel if anyone wants to sort of have a look and see how much it took but um yeah it took me a lot of years to catch and the time and dedication went into it so yeah I'm, i was super fit like that and um yeah definitely catch i'll remember for a long time Always uh, good to tick one of them off. I think both of us are yet to get a decent size one, but you're not wrong. Takes a fair few hours to get some of them, doesn't it? Yeah, not wrong. Like you can get lucky. Um, obviously, yeah, you always get lucky when you're fishing, but unfortunately, it took me like the long way around, and yeah, it's just a lot of time and effort goes getting up to the far west coast, and also heaps of effort catching all your fresh bait and just like all the money you spend getting up there and time and effort. She's a bit of a hike, but it's well worth it when you get that fish of a lifetime, that's for sure. It's a big old money pit fishing really, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, not wrong. That's where (laughs) money goes, every cent, that's for sure. That's right. Mate, tell us your favourite thing about fishing. Ah, favourite thing. Um, That has to be just like the whole adventure of fishing, I reckon, like the places you go and the people you meet along the way. Like I've made some lifelong friends just out of fishing, so that would definitely be my favourite part. And just like the endless journey it is, like we've all got our bucket list fish to catch and, yeah, we're all going to keep trying catch, uh, keep trying to catch bigger fish. So it's just, yeah, endless journey and never stop loving it. Yeah, that's it, Jack. We do love that sort of stuff, mate. Now uh, tell us what is your first fishing memory or what got you into it? Ah. Uh, I reckon first fishing memory would just have to be going down for beach days with mum and dad when I was really young. Like we just went for family days down the beach and probably just be catching little um 
Tommies and salmon trout on whiting rigs off the beach. Just on, yeah, just simple cockles and squid off the beach. Yeah, that would have to be my first memory of fishing. And probably oh, it wasn't the thing that got me into it. I only got into it many, many years later. So that was probably just a session off the rocks I had with a few mates catching salmon on lures. So that's probably what got me obsessed with it. And, yeah, haven't looked back ever since that. Yeah, it's always some of those earlier fishing memories you have and over time you just get the bug, don't you? And then you can't get you can't shake it after that. Once you, once you're in, you're in. Yeah, not wrong. Definitely once it catches you, it doesn't let you go. So I'm stoked. I don't know what I'd be doing if I was in the fishing, but yeah, definitely stoked I found it and stuck with it, that's for sure. Absolutely, mate. Now tell us your favourite sort of fishing and why. Um it would have to be just anything to do with lure fishing these days. I've definitely, um, yeah, taken lure fish like with full force and haven't looked back. But um, probably my favourite form of fishing would have to be like casting poppers and stick baits that um, like your species like all that sort of stuff. Because um, I've only managed to do it once, but best fun I've ever had, and that's that's the fishing I always look at on social media and YouTube and. Just really obsessed with that form of fishing and can't wait to do more of it. But, um, yeah, also like flicking lures for the flatties down here. Love doing that and doing some offshore jigging when I get the chance. And uh, also don't mind like soaking baits for mile away in the summer. That's definitely right up there on the list. Yeah, beautiful. Jack, you did touch on your flathead fishing and I have had a look at your Instagram and you've got some bloody good flathead. So we are going to touch on that in a minute. But before we get to that, let's uh, hear about your funniest fishing story or tell us about the one that got away. Yeah, um, we've got a few funny stories. Just um, just like with mates, when the fishing's slow and the beers start coming out and smack talking starts. But um, I'll probably just start with the... Oh, I reckon... One that sort of sort of takes the cake for me is just that I lost a quite a big kingy off the rocks a few years ago and um just gonna be forever devastated with that. It was like the most hectic fight I've ever had. It was um, on heavy gear heavy gear and it was absolutely brutal for the time it lasted. It did um three big runs and it didn't do me. So I thought I was, was starting to gain on it, but um no, I just ended up busting my leader so I was just, yeah, so devastated about that. Even thinking about it now just breaks my heart. But <laughs> that definitely breaks the cake for the one that got away. It's, so, almost, um, it's almost like PTSD when you've got those big fish that you're losing. <laughs> it. Oh, 100%. And then, yeah, I lost another good king a few months later after that. So it's just been a nemesis for mine, I reckon. So hopefully get a big one one day. Yeah, that's it. Well, it's one of those things in at the hours and unfortunately you lose a few along the way and they're always devastating and you don't seem to forget them either because they do um, really get to you when you lose a big one. Yeah, 100%. You just got to just learn from it and use it as motivation and just makes it all the more sweeter when you finally do get that good fish on the deck. Absolutely, mate. And Fantastic. Well, thanks for getting through those questions with us today. Tell us about your YouTube channel for all the listeners out there. Yeah, okay. So um, I started it quite a few years ago now. I think my first video I made was like oh, probably close to 11 years ago. I remember I bought like a crappy $30 
video camera off um uh off Kmart and then yeah, just edit it on my computer on um Windows Movie Maker, I think it was. I think it was like catching like an eagle ray off the beach or something and I don't know what really got me motivated to do it. Um but yeah, when I first started fishing I sort of watched a bit of YouTube and this um bloke called Black Tip H. I watch a lot of his fishing. He's um in Florida over um America. And um yeah, he had heaps of sick videos, so I just sort of wanted to be like him and yeah, he's really big now. But um yeah, I reckon just as the years progressed I like just started like I quite enjoyed filming um my fishing adventures and it also provides memories for um years to come and I reckon it's just good to look back on you sort of you go fishing so often sometimes you forget some of the fishing um fishing adventures you go on but I reckon it's good you sort of have a bit of a timeline on your fishing adventures and sort of your journey through your progress of different fishing styles and everything like that but um yeah I haven't uploaded for a while yet but I hope to get back into it um on the next next few trips coming up I want to get a bit of footage so um but yeah, I really did enjoy making YouTube videos. It's just a good pastime and yeah, that provides good memories that you can look back on. Yeah, and Jack, I'm just having a look now on your YouTube. You've got thirteen point nine thousand subscribers and you've got a hell of a lot of views. Do you know what, what your total number of views is up to? Uh it's on there. I'll have to have a look at it, but okay. it's over it's almost four million, I think. All up. Oh, here it is. Three point seven million. I found it. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's taken a lot of years, that's for sure. Like, I remember starting off, it took me like ages and ages to get like the first thousand subscribers and then you just – the trick is just to be like um, consistent with it and I reckon like if you just consistently upload, you eventually get like a bit of a following that sticks with you then it just sort of snowballs as you go along. Well, that's um, really good to hear, mate, because um, our uh – our YouTube channel. I think Rody did a filleting video. We've got ten views. I'm not yeah. sure that ever made it up. But. <laughs> so you know, it's really pleasing to hear that once we get the first thousand, it might start snowballing because we are yeah. miles behind. Oh no, nah, it's all good. It takes a while, but yeah, sometimes like people just like what you upload, and it's just sort of all the YouTube algorithm and all that. It's funny how it all works, but. I'm sure you'll get there. Don't I've, worry. I've just had a look and we're up to 67 subscribers. <laughs> yeah, that's a start. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> All right, so everyone who wants to jump on and have a look, give us a plug. So it's Aussie Fisher, is that right? Yeah, that's it. It's, it's spelt kind of funny, but it, like, if you just look up Aussie Fisher, I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah, beautiful, Jack. Thanks for that. Now, let's talk about your Air Peninsula fishing. Is that where, you, where you've done all your fishing, most of your fishing? Tell us about what you love about it. Yeah, yep. So I've um, grown up on the EP, originally from Tumby Bay, but um, I'm living in Lincoln. Yep. So, um, yeah, I reckon fishing in the EP is absolutely great. Like, it's um, I only stick to a few species I usually target through the season, uh, through different seasons. So just being winter, pretty much only just fish for flatties, um, which has been really fun. But then um, coming into spring, I'll – be a bit more um, focused on kingfish and then into summer I'll be definitely be spending a lot more time out on the um, out on the west coast chasing mile on surf beaches and also uh, offshore fishing when I get the chance and then um 
yeah, autumn's pretty much flatty fishing and all that sort of stuff. So I only really target um, a select few species and I chase them pretty hard. But, um, yeah, fishing all around on the EPs, good all year round. Um, yeah, no matter what you want to target, there's always something to chase. And there's just the locations you go here. Like, it doesn't take much to get away from the crowds. And also um, going out camping is really good as well. And there's just always fish to chase um, when you want to go out and have a flick. Yeah, no, nah, we, um, we spent a bit of time over on the – Air Peninsula about a year ago now yep. almost. Um, went over and did the shark cage dive in Lincoln, then kept going to Streaky, and you're not wrong. Like, there's just some amazing spots, heaps of different fish to target. Like, we had a great time in Streaky, but then could get offshore from scale. So we had a, we had a ripper time, but, yeah, we have only really scratched the surface of what's uh, possible over there. Yeah, 100%. That's a go. Like, there's just so much to do, and... Yeah, once you do scratch the surface and start to work out the place, it just improves on that because, yeah, like any spot, it takes time to work out the um, like how to catch the fish and all the best times to go and methods to use. But, um, yeah, even if you don't catch fish, EP is just an awesome spot just to sightsee and have a wander around. Uh, wander around. Yeah, and you did touch on sort of your flavour of the month at the moment being the, uh, the flathead. Can you give a couple of flathead... Real amateurs, a few tips. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I've, I've only just sort of started to work them out myself, but um, I didn't really do it on my own. I had um, quite a bit of advice from a good mate who's the flathead lord around here. <laughs> well, that's what I call him anyway. But um, it's just a matter of um, because they're quite easy fish to catch. Like they're an aggressive fish that you know take most lures and everything. So just the key key point is to um look for the right bottom like for quite a few years i was just fishing like the sort of the wrong areas i would get um get a few fish but none were very big and they were pretty infrequent but um once i sort of learned what to look for from one of my good mates my catch rates went right up so um i reckon the key is just to um just to find the right bottom they like um Sort of, I don't even know what the weed's called, but it's like a like a fine seagrass. Um, so there's quite a few flats here that have like that fine seagrass, and then once you find that, it's just a matter of flicking around till you find a patch. And yeah, I like to use soft plastics. I've gone the um, weedless option, like the um, hooks, but that really helps and saves you getting snagged all the time and keeps your lures pretty much weed free, so you can have your lure in the water more often in the strike zone. But, um, yeah, I reckon the main thing is just, yeah, finding the right bottom. And once you do that, it's just a matter of putting in the time and just casting away. Yeah, beautiful, Jack. So we'll, uh, Dizzy was frantically writing those tips down, so we'll be sure to get into some land-based flatties in the future, mate. But uh, what we want to touch on next is you've just been telling us on the phone before we started the podcast about a uh, couple of recent trips. So you've just been camping and before that you're in the Northern Territory. Tell us about both those trips and what you got up to. Yeah, so um, I'll start off with the NT. So I flew up there to... Um, catch up with my miso chaz she's been on the potty before yeah but, um, we've got her on yeah. uh, episode 56 for those who want to go back and listen to our charity selic yeah that's it it's pretty good yarn so definitely give it us give it a sus but um yeah so i went up there but it wasn't really um it wasn't 
specifically a fishing trip was mainly just catching up with her and like spending some time with her because she's um up on placement up there but um yeah we went fishing a few times we went to a local creek uh just outside of darwin a couple times and we're fishing at night which is a bit sketchy but um <laughs> we still went and it was a pretty good adventure uh i managed i hooked a decent barrow and i unfortunately lost it which i was devastated about but um we tried again we went fishing with one um with um one of the uh lads at charity met up there that i'm taking a fishing a few times and we went fishing i think it was the finesse river i think it's called yeah um yeah we went flicking up there under his guidance so um he's just sort of letting us know what to do and everything like that and um we're flicking our way up the river and it gradually got to like a really small like sort of stream and we got a couple sooty grunter which was pretty cool because we're fishing like stream was probably only like two meters wide and like 40 centimeters deep it was quite shallow small stream and we're just flicking these little lures over these logs and these sooty grunter were coming out of nowhere and just smashing it so that was pretty exciting to experience that sort of fishing in shallow water like that but um besides that the fishing was pretty slow like we had a couple of sessions where we didn't catch anything but um i was still pretty stoked just to get a chance at a barra i know some people i've heard stories fish there for years and not get a chance but um unfortunately i blew my chance but pretty keen to get back up there and give it a crack but um yeah so that's pretty much a darwin trip uh fishing wise anyways but um the most recent trip i just went up the west coast fishing because it's been blowing a gale here for the last couple of days and i thought i might as well might as well fish and not stay home so i went up there and the um it was pretty much it was pretty sheltered where i was staying so um, i was able to win for most of it but yeah i was just mainly going for flatties and I got a few flatties, no real big ones, but I got a couple nice ones. And um, yeah, I reckon that'll be my last flatty flick till next season. So yeah, it was good getting away for a few days and not sitting around home, just making the most of the time off and get, catch a few fish along the way. But yeah, definitely keen for next flatty season, that's for sure. Yeah, beautiful, Jack. So put the flatty uh, rod in the rack and get the kingfish gear out, and we'll be sure to keep an eye on the uh, socials, and I'm sure you'll get some big ones. Yeah, that's the plan. Hopefully get a few big kingies. That'll be really good. All right, now this is what everyone wants to hear the answer to, Jack. We've uh, had Chaz on, as we said, that was uh, episode 56, and she told us all about her fishing prowess, and we've seen her on the front of – SA Angler, mate. We want to know, have you got her covered? Um, I think I do. Only <laughs> That's what I say anyway. She's other thoughts, but uh, she's definitely a very good fisherman and um, she really knows her stuff and it's real fun going out fishing with her. Gets real quite competitive at times and we might take it a bit too seriously, but uh, it's always good fun and it's definitely um, awesome fishing with your partner and sharing such a good passion with each other. Yeah, fantastic, mate. We might even uh, put a poll out or <laughs> let people know how many <laughs> how many listens we get on each podcast and the winner takes all or something. But, uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, mate. A bit of healthy competition out uh, when you're fishing is always a bit of fun. Um, you, just in case you're wondering, I normally outfish Rody as well, so <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty standard. And is one, um, of you a, uh, one of you a sore loser or you both take it pretty well? Uh, no, we're probably pretty sore losers. Like, 
especially, especially if the other one starts giving us a bit of flack, it's um yeah, it gets pretty sour at times. But uh, it's all it's all friendly competition, but we're definitely very competitive and want to catch the most fish on the day. Fantastic, mate. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, telling us about all your fishing adventures. And, um, yeah, like Rody said, we look forward to keeping an eye on the socials and what you get up to next, mate. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, no worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, appreciate the offer and can't wait to listen to more podcasts coming up. Beautiful. Thanks, Jack. So is your lads. Catch you later. Great to chat with Aussie Fisher, Rody. I, uh, I'm not going to preemptively say who I think got the most amount of downloads, but I think it might be this episode. Oh, Charity will be a bit offended. Maybe. She's the SA Angler star, you know. Yes, this is true. And it was a great episode when we had Chaz on. Um, and yeah, they've been doing some pretty cool fishing, hey? Yes, they have, Diz, and I'm sure they'll catch plenty more fish between the two of them over the coming months, so they're well worth a uh, follow on their YouTube and social media. Oh, and they just they live in such a great part. They make the us jealous, though, don't they? Yeah, they certainly do. They certainly do. Rody, let's get stuck into the fishing report because there's a bit to get through here. We've got some things coming up, a few things that's been happening over the long weekend, the unexpected long weekend, but let's get into it, Rody. The squid have been... Firing. Yeah, it is. Everywhere you look, you're seeing them pop up on social media. We haven't been out getting amongst it ourselves. You probably have a crack at some squid over on Yorks this weekend, I'd think. Yeah, I reckon. We'll try and get into them. Obviously, we like those clear water days, nice and calm, or if you can get into a sheltered bay where you might have some offshore winds, that sort of thing. So we'll wait and see, but always good getting a feed of calamari. And they seem to have been going pretty hard across the state, so we're not going to sort of look out for any particular locations. I think they're doing well universally. Yeah, they are. What I would say is Shane Mensforth recent fishing update in um, in the advertiser did mention that there was some really good catches at the Wool Bay Jetty. That's a, that's a hot spot. Which is a hot spot. That's exactly right. Rody, speaking of SA Angler and the men's fourth, so they've shared a metro photo. Yeah, of a kingfish. Yeah. Interesting. It, with a jig in its mouth. Very interesting. Said Port River, I believe. So make of that what you will. Are mm. they pulling our leg? They seem mm. pretty trustworthy to me. Are we seeing more sightings, metro, of some pelagics? All I know is that photo would have got a few people down the boat ramp on a uh, on a Wednesday or Thursday night whenever it come out. Yeah, absolutely. That would have got a lot of people. And the other thing I the saw gear. them share talking about Kingfish was they said something about every man his dog going up to Port Augusta for the public holiday. Yeah. It was right. a good day. It would have been a good day out there. And oh, I'm sure that, that post lovely. also it, uh, put a bit of pressure on the boat ramp at Port Augusta. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the weather was just... Phenomenal that day. But I haven't seen a lot of reports of the kingfish, but as we talked about last episode, I think the first few to get them of the season probably keep that pretty close to their chest. Yeah, they would. They'd be hoping to get at least a few trips in without anybody knowing too much about it. Yeah, exactly right. And then as word gets out, so be it. You'd also probably think at this time of year they're a bit skittish, a bit hit and miss maybe. But, um, you know. Watch this space in the fishing report because I'm sure there'll be more to come. That's it, Diz. And the forecast for this weekend is a little bit warmer weather, so hopefully that means some of our summer species are getting pretty close. 
Yes, and um, generally the first or the early ones of those to rock up are, of course, the garfish and blue swimmer crabs. September. Er. Yeah, it is. That's got an R in it, so that should get you crabs. Yes, what's before September? Uh, August. No, R. Yeah, good. good uh, Unheard of catching blue swimmers in August. You might catch a stray one. Did you learn the months of the week in what, year one? <laughs> Maybe year two? <laughs> Um, but yeah, look, expecting the warmer weather to get these going, metro coastlines and elsewhere. Rody, um, another little item coming out of the fishing report this week. Did you see that photo on Facebook, that monster salmon caught on the flats at Marion Bay? No, I didn't. Good one, was it? Oh, it was huge. It's rare for me to miss something like that. It was huge. What they get it on? Lure based? No, nah, it was a lure. Yeah, right, eh? Yeah, it was an absolute monster. It would have pulled some string too because it looked like he was just fishing for little ones. Yeah, yeah, just a big stray. And you know what happens when you get those big ones? They fight well on light gear. They're good pound-for-pound pound fish, aren't they? They are. So anyway, that one made the made the report this week. Another one that comes up in the report around this time of year is us flagging the fact that the cockle season is not too far away. Yes, dears, that's coming up uh, pretty soon. And the only sort of sour note on that one is that we're heading up to uh, Goolwa for a buck show. Mm. And we haven't been able to, you know, they put up a post saying any suggestions for activities for the buck show. And, you know, there was golf and lawn bowls and pub crawl and whatever else. Mm. Our little suggestion down the bottom of a uh, – Get everyone down there, get your 300 cockles and uh, get <laughs> yeah. some bait. Bit of Start a bait collection day wasn't, wasn't that popular. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And I don't even know why. I mean, it's always a great day down there. Friends and family, you might pack a barbecue. You might put your, you might put your beach cricket bat in there, your wabobba. What else would you put in there? Your kite? <laughs> yeah, hopefully not too <laughs> many kites because that, that means wind, mate. But, um, yeah, no, always a good day down but there. But they so. are closed for about another month, I think, aren't they? 31st yeah. of October, I think, is the last day of the closed season. So we're getting in a bit early on those ones, but just to let you keep you all in the loop. Yeah, and it's one of those ones as well that don't forget, like they often do get some detections of E. coli in cockles and they close it down for a little while. Mm. So you don't want to sit there on – you don't want to sit on your hands on that one. And uh, the other thing is they're worth a bloody fortune, so you'd be silly not to have a crack at them. Yeah, but of course, if you do need them, then head on down and let's go fishing. Get yourself on a ten kilo bag or a bag of dry salted ones, or maybe some nitros. We've got options are plenty. What about last time we went over to the shack? Your old man asking us to get him a box, and <laughs> yeah. we said, "Dave, check the fridge, mate, freezer." We <laughs> yeah. literally just put ten <laughs> kilos in for him. Yeah, and he's been he's been buddy filling up on those <laughs> um, fumigated. <laughs> Indonesian things or wherever the hell he wasn't happy from. with the imported ones. He bought them, <laughs> so that's his own fault. <laughs> Brody, another item to make the fishing report this week has been the unintentional but seriously good catches of snapper on insane fishing charters. Did you see the footage recently? I did, Diz, and that's uh, hopefully a good sign for what news could be to come in the uh, upcoming months. Fingers crossed. Yes, forced them to move. Even they just couldn't. They were just plagued with them. Yeah, it's a good problem to have in a couple of months, Diz. Hopefully. That's right. Okay, what do you do on the unexpected Thursday? 
you go holiday. fishing, Diz. You do. And Cadell took that advice. He went down to Rapid Bay Jetty, probably with his old man, previous guests on the show, and weren't they fantastic guests? They got some squid, some Tommies on their brand new combo that they picked up from Dan and the boys down at Let's Go Fishing. And um, I wonder whether they got any on their homemade soft plastics. They could have, dears. They didn't mention that in the post, but what I did notice is Cadell was looking good in his beanie. Wasn't he? And I think uh, his parents might have commented saying it's his favourite fishing beanie and it brings them all the good luck. That's the way. Uh, so if you do want to learn a bit more about Cadell, he was our Reeling In Juniors Angler, Junior Anglers Ambassador guest in episode 59. Yes, he was great. Him, him and his dad came for a live podcast recording, which is a real treat. We showed him around a bit, showed him the podcasting gear, and they gave us uh, plenty of soft plastics for their troubles while they're here. They did, Diz, and we uh, have to get some fish on them, don't we? Absolutely, Brody. All right, uh, last one, Diz, is the barrels. Mm, yeah. On the way out? Seems to be. Not what? many reports of any... They seem to have moved on from Port Mac a while ago and they had a bit of a run again at Portland. But, yeah, some some reports coming through from, like, where? Further Victoria. over Victoria, yeah, yeah, like out Bass Straightway past the Heads and Western Port. So I, I think the season's probably coming to an end in South Australia or for sort of waters that we can access a bit more easily just across the border. Yeah, yeah, it's probably fair to say. But, you know, like we uh, have mentioned on that episode is sometimes they get another flurry. You never know, dears, you never know. So you just watch this space. You have your gear ready to rock and roll. You line a few things up and ready to go. Ready, right, good fishing report. Yeah, that wraps it up for the fishing report, mate. What else have we got? Uh, tackle item. What do you got for us? Oh, gee whiz. This is a doozy. What do you got? Well, you know, we, we talked – so the first item in the fishing report was about how the squid were firing. Yep. Now, this is going to be a bit bit of an interesting one because when you see a professional squid fishing person, you don't tend to see them use this piece of equipment. But I'm it. a real fan of it. Yeah, what is it? Because if you're out there – you might be whiting fishing, you might be doing something or other, and you just want to have a dangling lure out there. Yep. What do you need? You need a float. You do. So you need a squid float. And it's probably, you're right, it's not for those days where you're really actively fishing, you're casting, you're retrieving. It's more for you doing your whiting fishing, your gar fishing, yep. whatever it is, and you have a float out the side as a bit of a bonus. Yeah, because as we know with squid, they school up. They do. So... You know, it might be that you have a couple of floats out. You might get one, then all of a sudden you might quickly snap a lure onto a swivel and then start flicking in the area to try and pluck off number two and three. And that has turned our day before two days. We've been out there before having a bad day on the whiting. You catch one squid, it becomes two. All of a sudden there's three or four and you've, you know, turned a shit day in and you've caught a few. Yeah, that's right. It's always good. As we've said, great feed, good feeding squid. Everyone loves salt and pepper squid. Plenty of ways to cook it. Um, of course, you want to use your squid easy if you're cleaning it. And uh, the other thing about getting a squid in when you're whiting fishing deers is it can turn your fishing around when you cut off a few tentacles. They're yep. very fresh, straight out of the water. Yeah. And we know that, you know, a change in bait can turn your whiting fishing day around. It can. You want to get those big, long tentacles off the <coughs> squid, the milkers they call them. 
Yeah. And you might even just sort of pound it a bit to sort of mince it up, just soften it a bit yep. for the squid, uh, for the whiting. So, um, yeah, you're right. Always Because I think a good the, last, the last time we had a good day on the whiting, I caught heaps on the same bit of squid, remember? Yes, yes. Yeah, no, you have been known to do that a few times. But we won't talk about that too much. You'll get a big head. <laughs> Rody, that wraps up the tackle item. You know where you can get these squid floats, don't you? Yes, it is. Straight down to Christie's Beach. Don't rob the bar, the pharmacy. No, don't rob the pharmacy. Bypass the pharmacy. You don't want to go there. You want to go straight to the boys down at Let's Go Fishing. They'll have one for you. They'll be able to tell you how to rig it up. Get yourself on a, on a nice little hand reel. And then you're ready to snap it, snap one of their lures on and ready to rock and roll. Yeah, Diz. Well, hopefully you get some squid this weekend and you can tell us all about them. I'll take a photo. That's it. Rody, where can the listeners find this episode? It's been a good one. Diz, Facebook, Instagram, straight onto the Buzzsprout. You can get us on Spotify. You can get us on Apple Music. There's links to this episode everywhere. Mm. With the long weekend coming up, we're sure you're all heading out fishing. So make sure you tag us in your fishing pictures. Please do. Or even better, your fishing stuff-up pictures. Yeah, just any fishing pictures. You know, your mate does something stupid, falls in the drink. Yeah. You well, know, that's probably going to be you guys. Anything like that, we want to see it. Get stuck into it, guys. Thanks for listening today. Um, let us know what you think about today's episode and don't forget my little call to action in the merch area. Yeah, get, on, get involved in that and a big thanks to Aussie Fisher. Thanks, Diz, for joining us. Thanks, mate. We'll see you next week. See you, guys. Rody and Diz hope you enjoyed today's episode of All the Gear But No Idea. Keep up to date by liking and sharing us on Facebook and Instagram. And you can subscribe on all the major podcast platforms. Until next time, good luck fishing. Fishing.